Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Then there was bass. Good evening, motherfuckers and motherfuckers. This is your host, Young Dolomite, of the Too Much Game Podcast. Sitting here with the super producer, Ben Ready. Yes, sir. How was your week, Ben Ready? Um, all right, I guess. It was pretty short. Uh, you know, it was all right. It got better during the week. How about yourself? That's a beautiful thing. Shit, uh, my week was cool, you know. Um, actually, nothing to report. No news is good news and shit, you know. Very true. You know, ev- everything went how everything usually goes. So, yeah, man, you know, cool week. Yeah, my shit, my, my fucking week is usually the same. Unless I leave out of town, but it's usually the same shit. Groundhog Day. Yeah. Wake up to the same shit they every said, day. Uh, who was that, Bill Murray? Yeah. Yeah, cool movie. For some reason, I saw that in theaters. I don't even know why the fuck I saw a movie like that in theaters, but I saw that movie in theaters. That was a minute ago. Exactly, nigga. Like, I was little when that shit came out. Congratulations, Cousin Poe. Said he got a new crib. Uh, but, salute, um, salute, salute. Yeah, man. In the news, Harvey Weinstein is found guilty. I often say, can we get some horns, nigga? Can we get some applause? Can we get something, nigga? Can we get something? <laughs> Motherfucking Harvey Weinstein. I'm, I'm waiting for the sentencing. Because they said he was guilty on three counts. Something like that, yeah. Well, that, that's the interesting part. Because he could be in trouble, but how much time the nigga going to get? That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm waiting for the sentencing, nigga. Because, you know, they could, they could say, yeah, guilty. We gonna get this nigga 27 years of probation We gonna get this nigga Three months of house arrest Some public uh, What you call that shit Community service All right. He can get a slap on the wrist I'm glad he was found guilty But I'm, I'm waiting for that sentencing That's gonna be the the the, tell, the telling You know that's, that's gonna be what we really waiting for um, Snoop Dogg did the red table talk He got a spanking. He 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 took his spanking like a like a good puppy. Mm. I was I was I'm not even gonna say disappointed because I'm not a fan or a follower of Snoop Dogg. Honestly, you know a lot of people probably be surprised to hear that, but I'm not a follower of Snoop Dogg. I'm not I don't, I don't trip off him like that, you know, because he has this gangster persona that I don't really believe in. You know, and I get it. Like I salute the man. Like don't don't take this as I don't respect Snoop. I respect him as a man. I respect him as an entrepreneur, a businessman. I respect a lot of the moves he make. But just me and what I was raised on of what the image that he gave me growing up was I looked at Snoop as a gangster. 
Mm-hmm. I no longer I no longer look at him that way. You know, and it's it's no slight to him or nothing, but I'm just like, mm. you know, the the way that this was handled, the whole red table talk situation, like he he really had no defense. And it, it's it's no problem, you know, if if that's how you how you do your shit because I know he got money involved, then for sure, but like I don't like a nigga who portrays himself as a gangster. And then when something happened and you got to apologize, you let niggas spank you like a little ass boy and you just take it. Like, I, I I wasn't a fan of that, you know. Shout out to him, but just if you ask me about it, I wasn't a fan. I ain't like that shit. I didn't like the way um, they basically had uh, Yonla Van Zandt, um What's homegirl from ESPN who got fired? Uh, Jamel Hill. Yeah, Jamel Hill. Like, they sent them videos like, oh, you know, we appreciate you apologizing. And, you know, he just was like, oh, well, you know, I, I like to be checked. You know, if I'm if I'm wrong, correct me. But it's like they only mentioned Kobe one time. It was all about him calling women bitches. Because it wasn't even like it was like, oh, you know, you said this to Gail. Gail did this. What you do type shit. It was more of a. You shouldn't say that, Snoop. You were wrong. And I'm like, nigga, I'd have been like, man, yeah, I, I was wrong for saying we was going to come get her. I was wrong for moving emotionally, but as far as what I said, I meant that shit. But, no, nah, he didn't He didn't stand on principle. He just took the whooping and left it at that. Did they talk about any of his music and him saying bitch and any, uh, calling women bitches in his music and shit? Yeah, he apologized for that shit, too. He was on some like, you know, I said those bad words and the fans still want me to say them, but I don't even talk like that anymore. That's the way he made it sound. Wow. Nigga, you got to watch the interview. You know, I could be wrong. Y'all motherfuckers ain't got to agree with what I'm saying about the shit. Like, go watch the interview. It's on Facebook. Watch Red Table Talks. It's the last one on there. He on there like, yeah, you know, I use these words and I use this language because that's what the fans want to hear, but... Nigga, all right, you know, but like I tell people, that's the reason I don't follow Snoop. He's not my cup of tea. You know, I believe in a man that stands on what he says, nigga, right or wrong. Mm -hmm. I could apologize when I'm incorrect, but if I felt passionate about what I said, I'm not apologizing. I'm not apologizing for something that I meant. I'm apologize. I'll apologize if I was taken out of context. I'll apologize if I misspoke. I'll apologize if I offended you, even though that wasn't my intent. But I'm not going to apologize for something that when I said that shit, that's exactly what the fuck I meant when I said that shit. Because if I'm Snoop, I'll apologize for saying, we going to come get you. I'll apologize for saying, we the worst. It was something else he said in there that I'd apologize for if I was him. Um... Some other bullshit. But anyway, those two statements, for sure, I would apologize for. But calling her a bitch, no. That's how I felt when I said that shit. No apology. Fuck that. I meant that. And that's what I'm saying. Like, you, is it is it is it okay? Like, because people, like, when, when uh, white people say, you know, they drop the end, they do something racist, they just apologize and it goes away. Yeah. But, like, that's how you really feel. But I guess you, you just saving face for trying to protect what is left. I haven't heard anything about him losing endorsements or anything. No. But they probably knew he was going to apologize. Just playing the game. He, they probably, yeah, like you said, they probably called him. 
Cut that, yeah. nip that shit in the bud. Yeah, Snoop, you're going to have to go say sorry for that shit. And again, me personally, I just stand on principle. That's just the person that I am. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm not saying I'm correct. I'm saying that's why I don't fuck with it. Because the type of nigga that I am, like, and I'm just, like I tell people a lot, I'm glad I'm not famous. Because I never want to be put in a position to where something that I say into this motherfucking microphone, I'm going to have to come back and say I'm sorry for it unless it was something that, number one, I misspoke on, and number two, I didn't mean to offend the people who I offended when I said what I said. And I'll apologize for the miscommunication, but I'm not going to apologize for nothing that I meant when I said it. Like, that shit out. I'm never going to do that. If I meant that shit when I said it, I meant that shit. And I'm going to stand on that shit because I'm a fucking man. That's how I was raised. Nigga, I was raised with integrity. So I don't play that shit. I I think it was more of a... I think Oprah made a call. And that call went somewhere and it trickled down and... Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, little nigga, we've been letting we've been letting you do good. Uh, you better call some niggas that could whoop my ass. <laughs> you want to keep it up? You, you better apologize or something. Yeah, fuck that shit. I don't get down like that. You ain't finna little boy me. Like that's just it's it's not my shit. Like you're not finna treat me like I'm a fucking buster. I wouldn't be surprised if he uh some some new we seen him in a dress. That's what I'm saying. Like that's that's the treatment. Like, that's the reason that I, I take that shit too fucking serious, my nigga, because, you know, what? where does it stop? Like, it's a slippery slope on letting people treat you a certain way. Right. Like, it starts with making you apologize. Like, nigga, what won't you do? Like, nigga, I don't give a fuck about no motherfucking money, my nigga. Like, if, if I could earn my own bread, especially, like I said, what, episode four, I think the integrity episode was? Like, it's a certain amount of money that I feel like, nigga, once I reach this, I'm going to be calling everybody a bitch. Because now I'm making enough money to literally sustain myself. Like, if I've reached a certain level of fame, like Snoop Dogg, if he, let's just say hypothetically, right? This shit all happened. He called her a bitch and, you know, people got pissed and, you know, the whole cancel culture bullshit happened and... You know, say all the white sponsors from the network said, Snoop, we're not fucking with you. We don't like what you said. You didn't apologize. We're going to drop you from CBS and you can't do your show with um, Martha Stewart anymore, right? Mm-hmm. All right, I'm Snoop Dogg. Nigga, I can still put out music and sell it directly to my fans. Y'all can't stop my fans from supporting me. Like, what y'all gonna do? Stop my YouTube page from me doing GGN? Like, it's a lot of shit Snoop got going on that is that cancel culture can't touch. You know, when you a self-made person, it's a lot of shit cancel culture can't touch. Yeah, you might be pulled out of the, the corporate circles, but do you think Lil Boosie give a fuck about some corporations? Lil Boosie say some wild shit all the time. Right. And he ain't worried about nobody canceling him because he makes his money on his own merit. You know, a lot of motherfuckers make money on their own merit. Mm-hmm. Like the re, you know, like the, with the integrity episode, the, the main thing I was talking about in the integrity episode is when you the type of person that makes money off your own merit, you don't have to live based on being fucking spoon fed by another person. You know, like when, when you a regular person like me and you that work a regular job and we have a boss, we have to, conduct ourselves a certain way because there are people who pay us. Mm -hmm. But if we was entrepreneurs 
and we made our money based on what we sell to our customers, we ain't got to give a fuck about what no motherfucker got to say because our customer is the person who we supposed to please. So if my customer enjoys me calling Gail a bitch, Gail's a bitch. And that's just what the fuck it is. Right. He wouldn't have said that if he thought, oh, my fans going to cancel me if I say this. No, he knew because he said it in the Red Table Talk when they was like, Snoop, I know you probably got a lot of backlash when you did that. And he was like, no, actually, a lot of my fans was happy to hear me say it. I had a lot more people with me than against me when I said that. Right. Because that's his his fan base. So it's like, nigga, if I know my fans is riding with me when I say this shit, I'm going to go with my fans. I'm not finna go with the corporate motherfuckers. But he chose the side of the corporate motherfuckers. And I'm not just going to say it was 100% a corporate situation because he said his mom made him apologize. Whether or not that's true is it is what it is. But like I said on the episode before last, live from the Boom Boom Room, me, my mom raised me to be a motherfucking man. My mom raised me to step stand on what the fuck I say. My mom raised me to say what I mean and mean what I say. So if I mean what I say, I shouldn't have to fucking apologize for it because I meant it when I said it. You shouldn't apologize for something that you meant when you said it. I don't apologize for shit that I do on fucking purpose. So it's like, that's the reason I don't fuck with this whole apology shit. Because you knew what you were saying when you said the shit. You had time to think about it. When you said that shit, you literally said, should I call it one? So you sat there and thought about that shit. It was premeditated. Exactly. So whether or not it was in a moment of passion, a moment of emotion, you meant that shit. Right. So you shouldn't have to apologize for something you mean. I apologize that I offended y'all motherfuckers. But matter of fact, I apologize for the fact that y'all took it as me calling black women bitches. Because I wasn't calling black women bitches. I was calling a black woman a bitch. Hurt. Just hurt. Don't even worry about everybody else. I'm not talking about everybody. I was talking about her in particular. You know, that's just like if I call one nigga a stupid motherfucker and he's Asian. I'm not calling all Asians stupid motherfuckers. I'm calling that dude a stupid motherfucker. So he wasn't talking to black women when he said bitch. He was talking to Gail. Yeah, because he said her. Should I call her one? Exactly. He didn't say, should I call them one? Yeah. He didn't say, man, black women is the worst. He didn't generalize. He was speaking to one person in particular. So when fucking um, Jada Pinkett Smith said, oh, I felt like you were talking to me. Why? I was talking to her. I ain't say nothing to you. I ain't mention your name or nothing. Why the fuck did you feel like I was talking to you? Yeah, I don't even, we don't even keep in contact like that on the regular. Exactly. Nigga, they said they had never met. Literally. They first time meeting was at the fucking red table talk. So it's like, how the fuck do you feel like I was talking to you? And me and you ain't got no type of fucking relationship. Like, man, I I just don't feel that shit. Like, nigga, y'all niggas not finna bring me on no interview to pat me on my head. Like, nah, nigga, I, I didn't like that shit. You know, one thing I did like, you know, just the, the petty part of me, Oprah tripped and fell on stage yesterday. Yeah. I, got a, I got a good laugh out of that. <laughs> that was a good way to cap off Black History Month. She was like, oh. Last day of Black History Month. Nigga, she was talking about balance. Think of the irony of that. 
You talking about balance and then you trip and fucking fall. You trip over your fucking feet. My, how the mighty have fallen. I enjoyed that. You know, that's that's just a small little tidbit that that I thought was funny. I I enjoyed that shit. Hey, you can't be fault. Did did anybody come out and help her or the video didn't last that long? The video didn't last that long and she was on a big ass stage by herself. Yeah. So that that was a small thing that I laughed at. I I I got a good little little giggle out of that shit. Uh shout out to my nigga Geechee Gotti, three old New Jersey twerk. Mm. You know, it ain't it ain't got shit to do with this shit, but I just gotta shout my nigga out. He handled his motherfucking business. And that nigga came out there and he did his shit. Shout out to him. But um, what I wanted to talk about in this episode is um, basically the the difference between um, humility, confidence, and cockiness. Um, damn, break from that. My cousin said Michael Jackson tripped her. <laughs> Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Overstock's red tag sale is here and the hunt is on. Bring home all your cozy cold weather favorites at clearance prices. Deep discounts on winter's best sellers couldn't come at a better time. Warm up with hot deals on bedding and mattresses. Plus, save big on storage and home improvement for a fresh start on a new year. Spot the red tag at Overstock to make your dream home come true. Nigga, it was either Michael Jackson tripping her or Kobe Bryant crossing her ass over. But seeing her fall was just funny. It was it was a petty laugh. Oh, goon. Like my cousin Pooh said. But back to our regularly scheduled program. Um, confidence, humility, and cockiness. Whatever order you put the motherfuckers in, this is just a comparison and a contrast of those three. Like, you know, um, overconfidence could lead to a lot of negative situations in your life. Like we saw last week, the um, Deontay Wilder fight got whooped by Tyson Fury. Um, a, a, a lot of that I look at is it was overconfidence, man. You know, overconfidence could lead to destruction. Shit go bad when you assume that you too big to fail. Like um, just like when you watch the, um, what was that? The Titanic movie. You know, they felt like the ship was so big, it just couldn't fucking sink. Like, it was literally impossible. Like, they was they was overconfident. Deontay Wilder went into that ring against Tyson Fury overconfident. You know, and as much as people like, oh, well, it was the suit. You had to have the utmost of confidence to wear a 45-pound fucking costume walking into the ring. Like, how how cocky do you have to be? Because as a boxer, you know, historically, these niggas go in there with a little robe or some little extra piece of something that tells a story. But you don't go with a 40-pound fucking costume unless you feel like it ain't no way this nigga could beat me. You know, and a lot of times that's what leads to you getting beat. In a lot of situations, you, in your personal mind, you think you so dope. You literally cannot lose. They say the bigger you are, the harder you fall. 
And a lot of times that could metaphorically be speaking for your ego. The bigger your fucking ego, the harder the pain of being humble. Humble pie tastes that much worse when you overconfident. You know, just like remember when Mike Tyson took Buster Douglas as a joke. Like you can't take no opponent too lightly, nigga, no matter how much the odds are supposedly in your favor, you always got to prepare like you going against a motherfucker that's equal to you. Like, I don't even believe in I'm going to take it light on this nigga because he ain't nothing. Hell no. I go into all situations with the humility of understanding that no matter how great I am, nigga, the 70 win motherfucking Chicago Bulls lost to the Clippers that season who probably only won 12 games. Like, it don't matter how good you are, my nigga, you can still lose if your overconfidence makes you skip a step or two. You know, niggas cut corners when they feel overconfident. And that shit fucks you up, man. You got to learn the art of strategic humility. You know, a lot of times, even though you are super confident, even though you might have won 90 games in a row, my nigga, there's no guarantee that you're going to win number 91. Like, nigga, you you always got to go into any situation understanding that Murphy's Law is real. Like, you know, Beast done said at the end of, like, the last five co- podcasts I've done, never leave room for error. You know, that's a statement of humility. You know, because no matter how good you are at a situation, no matter how good an artist, a craftsman, or any of that shit, failure happens, especially when you leave room for it to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, like the difference between confidence and cockiness, you know, it's a very thin line. You know, confidence is knowing that you can win. Cockiness is thinking that you can't lose. And no matter what you're doing, my nigga, there is a possibility of you losing, my nigga. You know, like a lot of people go into a lot of situations like shit. In the battle that I watched last night, um, New Jersey twerk. I think went into that battle thinking he was going to serve Balo or Geechee Gotti. Man, he went in that motherfucker. He had the utmost confidence. He went in that motherfucker. Shoulders like this, like, yeah, shit. Nigga, by round two, he was stumbling over his words, forgetting his lines. Because you going in there thinking that you got an easy motherfucking win. And your opponent came in that motherfucker like, nah. We we not finna do that. You not you not, you ain't finna just come have an easy fight. And a lot of times I tell people, you know, the the bigger and stronger you are, what a lot of people don't realize, your opponent comes that much harder at you because he know he got to. Like you know, a lot of times it's way harder to defend the championship than to win the championship because when you on the way to a championship, your opponents look at you as equals. But when you've won a championship, your opponents is like, these niggas is the champs. We're going to have to get these niggas our best shot. You know, like a lot of teams will say that after you win a championship, every team you play, they on their fucking A game now. Like they used to sleep on you. Like remember with the um, the Golden State Warriors. When the Golden State Warriors first uh, started getting good, when they first got Steph Curry, Draymond Green, um, Klay Thompson, and all of them, teams was looking at them like the underdog. Like, oh, you know, they a young team. You know, they good at shooting, but they still unexperienced. So a lot of niggas slept on them. A lot of motherfuckers wasn't really giving them niggas they, they best shot. 
until them niggas won two or three championships. Now every game is the other team's championship. Like every like you know when when you six feet tall in street fighting. You know, like I was telling my homeboy, Bab, I don't know if he's still in here, but Bab, big buff nigga, right? And, you know, he'd be like, oh, yeah, I was going to fuck that nigga up, but he didn't want to fight. I'm like, nigga, you shouldn't even get in situations of conflict anymore. Niggas going to shoot you. Mm-hmm. Like, niggas ain't finna fight your big buff ass no more, nigga. Like, you done got beyond the, oh, I'm going to fight him. Niggas going to shoot you. Because when you've become so formidable as an opponent, your the the person who you go against your adversary is going to be prepared for you now so you can't never go into a situation too confident when you go into the fucking boxing ring or any other type of arena where there's competition involved when you come in there looking a certain way nigga like back when i used to hoop man when i would see niggas coming to the gym and they got all type of you know like remember they would have like the shorts from like the the aau tournaments and shit like that Mm mm-hmm Oh, okay, this nigga play. I know I can't be bullshitting when I see this nigga because he got his little hoop it up shorts on and he got the, the armbands and he got some Jordans on. Like, nigga, you come in there like that. I know I got to get on my fucking game. So you can't come in there thinking because like me back in the day when I was a hoop, everybody who knew me knew. Nigga, I come to the park with a wife beater, some regular basketball shorts and some dusty shoes on. I never looked. Like I was that formidable of an opponent. But niggas would sleep on me. Because I was I'm always I've always been a humble dude. So I come on the court, you know, I'm I'm whatever, you know, I right, pick me up, you know. Oh, you good? I'm all right. I don't never be like, oh nigga, I'm, I'm I got Vince Carter hops. No, nigga, I come in there on some cool shit. Because I always believe in allowing my craft to speak for me. Like nigga, once I get on the court. I'm, I'm quiet, you know, nigga. But once I touch that ball, nigga, it's showtime. Like, nigga, everybody who knew me, nigga, back when I was playing, nigga, I cross you up. Nigga, sit your ass right over there. Nigga, you go ahead and sit right there. I'm finna go up into this motherfucking key, and I'm gonna make a nigga famous. I'm posterizing shit. But I don't come on to the court talking like that. Because a lot of times, you know, like I would tell niggas, I remember... You know, I'm, I, I played basketball back in the day. So a lot of the references from this show probably going to come from me playing basketball. Like, I remember motherfuckers come on the court. These niggas got the and one basketball tattooed on their shoulder and shit. They got the, the, the Jordan dunk on the other fucking shoulder and all kind of basketball shit. Nigga then showed up with a whole duffel bag. Can't play for shit. And when we see the nigga... Of course, we coming in that motherfucker ready to rip his fucking head off because he looks good. Mm-hmm. Nigga, when you come into a situation where you look better than you are or you carrying yourself as better than you are, trust me, your opponents is going to work that much harder to defeat you. You know, that's the reason that I, I'm, I'm trying to bring all the dynamics of this shit in. You know, I promote, um, I say strategic humility because it's nothing wrong with being confident. It's nothing wrong with being supremely confident because if you look at Muhammad Ali, nigga, Muhammad Ali would always say, I'm the fucking greatest, even before he knew he was the greatest. But he also had a level of humility, you know, because as as great as he knew he was, he also knew, nigga, all his opponents were great. And this is how any motherfucker should approach any fucking situation, you know, because confidence is the basis for doing anything well. 
But you also have to remember that, you know, no matter how confident you are, no matter how well you do things, you can make mistakes, you know, and that's the humility factor that you have to balance your confidence with. You have to balance the confidence of knowing that I am great with the humility of knowing that even though I am great, if I don't bring 100% of the abilities that I have, I can fail. I can lose. I can be defeated. You know, like I can not close this sale or I can not get this job or this song could be whack. As dope as Jay-Z is as a rapper, he got some whack songs. Eminem got whack songs. Name a great rapper. I'll name you five whack songs. Like, nigga, no matter how great you are, nigga, I seen Michael Jordan miss free throws. Like, nigga, Kobe Bryant, in the greatness of Kobe Bryant, he's the all-time leader in missed shots in NBA history. He's the he's one of the greatest to ever fucking touch a basketball. But he's missed more shots than anybody in the history of the league. Supreme confidence. But your humility has to tell you, I, I can miss a layup on a fast break too. Nigga, the greatest of the greatest make mistakes. You know, but you got to have that humility and knowing that mistakes happen, you know, and also the the resilience to know that even though I have made mistakes and I can make mistakes, I can also rebound from those mistakes, you know, and that's the confidence. You know, it's it's a balance It's you do good and you do bad, you know, and a lot of times I tell motherfuckers like that's how I could I could see the insecurity in certain people's confidence. You know, that's the, the chink in their armor. Because you come in supremely confident. Like, um, remember Ronda Rousey? Oh, yeah. When she was winning all those matches, she was the picture of confidence. She was the icon, the fucking epitome of confidence. Then Holly Holm kicked that bitch fucking face off. Now all of a sudden, I want to retire. She want to wrestle now. Yeah, I felt like I just couldn't fight anymore. Like, you was you was at the top of the fucking world. You was the most confident. You was talking about you could beat Mayweather. Oh, yeah. Remember, she was talking like she could beat <laughs> a man in fighting. You know, till she got that ass whooping, and it humbled her. And that's what I mean about cockiness and shit. Because a lot of times, you see cocky people, and you assume it's because they're very confident. A lot of times, cockiness is... A mask for insecurity You know a lot of times You just overcompensating for the fact That you're not really confident at all You just trying to psych yourself up And you trying to psych Other people out Into thinking that what you saying Is the fucking truth Like me and you we from the street mm-hmm. We all know some nigga who Talk that nigga I'll kill everybody in here Nigga I don't give a fuck I'll beat everybody ass Nigga say something nigga run up What you want to do and can't fight for shit. He doing all that shit. So you'll look and be like, man, this nigga crazy motherfucker. Nigga, I ain't, I ain't gonna do shit to this nigga. This nigga's a fool. But in honesty, he don't want to fight. That's why he doing all that shit. Because he know you might be intimidated if he do that. That's the, uh, the defense mechanism. Exactly. And a lot of black people got it. I, forgot, I think it was uh, Eddie Murphy saying that shit. Like, we got this defense mechanism where we, we act real tough and... We be bucking up on the nigga say something, nigga do something. Cause we think you gonna back off like, oh shit. He had did a joke about that shit in a raw when he was talking about the little Italian dude. That nigga mm-hmm. said he did his little buck up act. 
He said the Italian dude was like, yeah, come on. He was like, ooh, shit. <laughs> he didn't fall for he it. called my bluff. Hell yeah, nigga. Like, <clears throat> but that's what I'm saying. A, a, a lot of people, they try to use this fake overconfidence to compensate for the fact that they not confident at all. That's what I seen in Holly Holm. Because if she was truly confident after she took that loss to Holly Holm, it would have been like, oh, yeah, you know, she caught me with a kick, but I see where I fucked up at. And now I just got to improve and me and her going to go back at it. You know, because I look at um, um, Deontay Wilder. I feel like that's true confidence. He was a little overconfident because he went into the ring with that big ass suit on. But he also is like, we finna do this shit over. It's, it's not no situation where he like, I think I want to retire from boxing or I don't think I can do this. No, nigga, I know I could do this. I'm confident enough to know that when I come back, I'm not finna have no 75-pound suit on. I guarantee you he probably gonna lose weight. He gonna come back more toned. He gonna come back with a better strategy. He gonna recruit, and he gonna come back better. You know, because that's what real champions do. That's what real confident people do. You have the confidence to know that just because something didn't go my way don't mean I can't make it go my way the next fucking time. You know, like, that's a, the, the the difference between confidence and cockiness. You know, the difference between being secure in yourself and being insecure. Because insecurity gets exposed in failure. You know, like I always, uh, like I always say, I don't really judge my friendships until something bad happened. Because I can't really trust you until I've seen what you do when shit goes foul. You know, it's easy to root for a team when, when they winning. You're on a 50-game winning streak. Yeah, yeah, that's my squad because you know, oh, these niggas going to win. These niggas going to win. So when I root for this team, they going to look good, and I'm going to look good because I'm rooting for the fucking winner. But what you going to do when shit go foul? What you going to do when your team is losing? Are you still going to root for that team? Because that's how I look at my friends. Like, are you still going to fuck with me when my money ain't right? Are you still going to fuck with me if, God forbid, I... Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Overstock's red tag sale is here and the hunt is on. Bring home all your cozy, cold weather favorites at clearance prices. Deep discounts on winter's best sellers couldn't come at a better time. Warm up with hot deals on bedding and mattresses. Plus, save big on storage and home improvement for a fresh start on a new year. Spot the red tag at Overstock to make your dream home come true. I got to borrow $5 from you or God forbid I need to sleep on your couch or, you know, use something of yours or I need you to take me to work a couple of times. Like, that's when I know who my real friends are. You know, like that's that's the real shit, because it's, it's way easy to feel confident when you taking victories. It's very easy. Like I was saying, um, an old pimp I talked to back in the day, he said the best thing that could happen in the, the career of a pimp is to lose his first prostitute. 
because you know that you can you can take it now. Now you know, okay, for sure. I lost her, that hurt, but now I could go get another one and I could keep on fucking pushing. You know, I look at that in life. The best thing that could happen to a motherfucker in any circumstance is losing. You know, that's what fuck Holly home up. She probably came into MMA and her whole career, she was win, 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 win. So all she understood was victory, you know. And then when that loss came, it shook her whole fucking mind frame, you know, because like with Mayweather, you know, the, the opposite side, not even say the opposite side of the spectrum because he was also highly successful. But what a lot of people don't know is his professional record is 50 and 0. But his amateur record, he has a loss. And when he lost in the Olympics, you know, he he lost in, in the gold medal fight. And it wasn't that he got beat up either. It was a disqualification. But at the same time, he realized how much losing hurt it. You know, whether or not you get beat or you lose on a disqualification, nigga, losing fucking sucks. But you also take shit that much more serious when you understand that failure is an option. You know, like a lot of people, entrepreneurs, um, just people in fucking general, people who have taken L's in life always take shit more serious because they know what L's feel like. Mm. And they know I'm not finna let that shit happen again. Facts. You know, like the reason I go so hard, I work so hard, I do so much as an adult is because I know what it's like to not eat for a day. I know what it's like to sleep in a car. I know what it's like to be homeless. I'm not finna have that shit happen to me. I damn sure ain't finna let that shit happen to my fucking kids. You know, it's a lot of shit that happened to me in my life. I work very hard to make sure my kids don't have to have the same fucking childhood I did. Even though my childhood is what made me the man that I am today, mm -hmm. I'd rather my kids know it through my stories than experience. And the thing is, I understand that my kids are going to experience failure, you know. So that's something that I have to teach my kids as well. Yes, you're going to fall on your ass. You're going to fuck up. You're going to make mistakes like my son. I bought my son a dirt bike. I think he was probably five, four, something like that. Man, he jumped on that motherfucker. Me and my cousin, we let him get cracking too. We just... You know, sat him on that motherfucker, said, look, this is how you make it go. You pull this throttle back. Because my son, he learned how to ride a dirt bike before he knew how to ride a bike. We put him on a dirt bike. Go ahead, Deuce. Get on. Man, that motherfucker got maybe four feet. Pow! Straight to the ground. Crying on the floor. Fucked up, right? Like, you see how that, you see how that feel, Deuce? You know, when, when, when you don't do it right. You fall on your ass. You know, so the next time he got on that motherfucker, put his feet down. I'm like, all right, dude. So he go, how you do it? You you ride that motherfucker slow. You know, you can't go into shit thinking that your first time, you just going to be great at the shit. Because that's not how life works, nigga. Sometimes you got to bust your ass to learn. You know, that's that's you know, pain is one of the best teachers on the planet. You know, they say experience is the best teacher. But the reason experience is the best teacher is because experience comes with pain. You fall on your ass gaining experience. You fail gaining experience. You hurt yourself. You get betrayed. Shit happens. That's why experience is your best teacher. 
you know, and I always talk about, you know, multiple times on this show, man, you know, you got to embrace failure. You got to understand failure. Failure happens. It ain't nothing wrong with that. We all fail. You shouldn't take failure as something that's the end all be all of what you're doing. You know, like as entrepreneurs, you know, you have a failed business. You have days where you don't make no money. You have situations that don't go in your favor. You got to look at that situation, what caused that situation and how that situation happened and just learn from it and not do that shit again. You know, it's not something that you should look at like, I guess being a businessman ain't for me. Or, you know, you you miss a free throw, oh, I guess basketball ain't for me. No, motherfucker, people miss shots all the time. People's businesses go under all the time. Donald Trump done went bankrupt, what, four times? Still. Exactly. Like, nigga, you, you don't let that shit fuck you up. Like, people be like, oh, Donald Trump ain't no good businessman. He didn't he didn't been bankrupt all these times. So if you a better businessman than him, then why he a billionaire and you broke? Mm. Like what 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 fucking sense do that make? Like you can't look at another motherfucker's failure and say that they not good. Like you watch basketball and you see the nigga get crossed over by Allen Iverson or you see Curry hit a three-pointer in a nigga face you like this nigga weak as fuck. Nigga this this nigga only got 5 points. This nigga sorry. He in the NBA. You on your couch watching him play. He sorry? Really? That's interesting. You know, it's like you you look at the failures of others and you try to judge them based on their failure, not realizing that they a big fucking success. You know, just like getting dunked on and getting crossed over. Like, nigga, I'm getting crossed over in the NBA, nigga. You getting crossed over at the park. I'm a failure? Like, nigga, you know, we, we, we equate failure and success to the wrong shit. You know, and that's why you should be confident in anything that you're doing. Because even though you may fail in what you're doing, trying in itself is a success. You know, like me, I, I just carry the, the the small confidence that no matter what I do, I know that there's a possibility that I could be successful. You know, and a lot of times that's all you need to become a success. Like, you know, Nipsey said, nigga, the... The in the genius thing that we did and all this shit is we didn't quit. You know, it's, it wasn't like a magic fucking bullet or none of that shit. It just was, nigga, no matter what happened, we just knew that this was the mission and we was going to accomplish that shit. You know, and again, like I say, with the, the, the measure of humility and everything, you know, nigga, when you a, a humble motherfucker, you have to work at this shit. You know, like a lot of motherfuckers go into a lot of situations. Like I remember um, talking to a basketball coach, not my coach, but he was a basketball coach. And he was telling me his least favorite players are the kids who already tall. They parents already done told them they the greatest. And, you know, these little niggas done already. They know how to dribble behind the back already. He said, because you can't coach these niggas because they they so in their mind that they Michael Jordan already. That they don't want to learn nothing. They lack humility. They're not coachable. But the humble kids who know I ain't the tallest, I'm just going to outwork these niggas. You know, that's that's the humility in a person. And the thing about, you know, like I was talking about on the Kobe episode, my favorite trait that Kobe had was he was willing to outwork every motherfucking body. 
Like, mm-hmm. even though he had the confidence in knowing he was the best fucking player on that team, one of the best players in the league, he had the humility of knowing that if I don't come in this motherfucking gym at 5 in the morning and lead this bitch at 8 at night, I won't be the best motherfucker to ever do this shit. You know, like, that's the thing. You know, humility is the thing in your mind that tells you you got to work hard no matter how good you are. You know, humility is the the trait of those who understand that even, you know, no matter how good I am, there's a motherfucker better than you. My mom always told me that shit when I was little. I don't give a fuck how good you think you are. It's a nigga out there that's going to beat you. You know, mm-hmm. every dog has his day. You might beat up every little nigga in your neighborhood, but it's going to be a nigga three blocks away that's going to beat your ass. You know, so you got to carry yourself like that. You got to have the humility of knowing that, nigga, the, that opponent is out there somewhere. That situation is out there somewhere. No matter how good you are, no matter how successful you've been, failure out there waiting on your ass. You know, it's like um in that that the book, um The 48 Laws of Power. You know, law number one is never outshine the master. You know, have you read 48 Laws of Power? Mm-mm. Good book. Robert Greene. Good author. I highly suggest it, you know, but I'm not saying like never outshine your master in a, in a sense of never get better than the person who taught you. But like in the story about the little kid who played basketball, like, you know, the, the people who are trying to teach you something, they're a lot more willing to work with you when you come into a situation humble. Like, you know, like my, my wife, she, she trains bus drivers. You know, in any person in a position where you teach people, your least favorite student is the motherfucker who want to come in here and show you that they know more than you. Like, you know, like if you training a new employee at your job and he like, oh, man, I already know how to do this shit right here. Oh, yeah, man. My, man, don't even worry about it, man. Just, just let me get the thing, man. I, I'll do it. I know how to do it. Like, nigga, you in a position where you're supposed to be learning and nine times out of ten, those be the motherfuckers that end up the worst. Because they came in assuming they knew everything you knew. And really, you don't know shit. You know, like how they say, the, the, the wise man understands that he knows nothing. But the, 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 the foolish man thinks he knows everything. Mm. You know, like in any situation, when you're trying to come into some shit, like nigga me personally, whenever I go into a situation, even if I do feel like I know everything the teacher finna teach. I'm still going to sit there and try to learn everything that motherfucker know. Like something I tell my kids when I drop them off to school, man, learn everything the teacher know, you know, but you got to shut the fuck up to learn. You got to come into the situation to learn. Shut the fuck up, you know, humble yourself, because even if you feel like you more successful than a motherfucker teacher, you like I always say you can learn from a baby. You could learn in any situation you go into if you have the humility of understanding that you're coming into a situation to learn. You know, and that's what he mean by never outshine the master. When the person comes in any situation to teach you something, humble yourself and just listen to what this motherfucker got to say. Because you could learn a lot by just shutting the fuck up. You learn a lot through just being humble. And again, you can be confident. You know, the thing is, a lot of people don't understand that confidence and humility can occupy the same space. Like, they think that confidence and humility are opposites. 
when really it's like the yin and the yang. Like them motherfuckers fit together in a perfect fucking ball. Like it's 50 and it's 50. There is situations where you have 50 of one and 100 of one or a zero of one and 100 of one. Like you got too much humility and too much motherfucking confidence. Like uh, in the, the ego episode, I forgot what I named it, but I was talking about ego in that motherfucker. I'm going to have to remember what I named that shit. But anyway, basically what I was saying was it's possible to have too much confidence, but it's also possible to have too much humility. You know, like you've been around people who like just say in in rap terms, you know, this nigga rap his ass off, but he hear another nigga that could rap good. And now he don't want to rap because he intimidated, he intimidated by that nigga who can rap good. Even though he could probably out rap that dude, but he's afraid to rap with that dude because he's he's in fear that oh if I rap and he rapping he better than me, oh niggas gonna be shitting on me. Like nigga, that's that's way too much humility. You should have the confidence in knowing that even if I rap against this nigga, even if hypothetically this nigga out raps me, my confidence is telling me that I'm still dope. Mm-hmm. You know, like when I watch battle rap, like somebody got to lose. But the thing is, both of them was dope. You might have lost, but you still dope. Like that used to be my thing when I used to play basketball. Like like I said, I used to be dunking on motherfuckers, crossing niggas over and all that shit. But when somebody dunk on me, somebody cross me. Oh, you got crossed over. Don't even worry about it, pimp. I got him on the next play. Like, that's my confidence, nigga. Just because you did that to me that one time don't mean I'm sorry now. Like, all of a sudden, my damn legs didn't fell off and my ankles don't work no more and I can't play defense no more, nigga. You know, it happens to the best of us. I say that shit a lot. You'll hear me say it happens. If you know me, you'll hear me say it happens to the best of us thousands of times because that's something that I stand on. That's something that I believe in. And as, as matter-of-factly as I say it, it's a powerful statement because nigga, no matter how great you are, nigga, like they say, nigga, my, how the great has fallen. Nigga, David beat Goliath. Goliath was a a giant, the greatest champion and all that shit and got beat by a little kid with a slingshot. You know, like nigga overconfidence. That's, that's a no fucking bueno. Like the, the story of the tortoise and the hare, like nigga, the, the hare figure, Nigga, I'm a bunny rabbit. This nigga's a slow-ass turtle. Of course I'm a beater. And y'all know how that story went. It's like, man, overconfidence is, is, is never a good thing. Like, you got to have a measure of humility. Because no matter how great you are, losing is a great possibility. Like, it, it happens, you know. So, like, I, I just believe in always being humble. You know, a big part of being humble like I said, we're in being in the position to learn, man. Shutting the fuck up. You got to learn to shut the fuck up. You have the right to remain silent. You know, something that I say a lot, um, confidence is quiet, insecurity loud. You know, this is something that I always would tell my little cousin just about, like, people who floss online. Like, niggas who I know who show off a lot, I look at that shit as an insecurity. Mm-hmm. You know, you you always want to have the flashiest clothes. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Overstock's Red Tag Sale is here, and the hunt is on. Bring home all your cozy, cold-weather favorites at clearance prices. Deep discounts on winter's best sellers couldn't come at a better time. Warm up with hot deals on bedding and mattresses. Plus, save big on storage and home improvement for a fresh start on a new year. Spot the red tag at Overstock to make your dream home come true. The flashiest shoes and the most flashy jewelry and you all on social media showing off everything you buy and everything you do. Like, what are you covering up? You know, like women would always say, you know, a, a car is an extension of your penis. Like, you um, you overcompensating for something. You got that big-ass car because you got a little dick or something. Like, what are you trying to cover up that you lacking in life? You know, like I tell my cousin, I, I wear shit because I like it. Me and him go back and forth and bump heads a lot. Because he don't like my style a lot of times. You know, I'm a, um, I call it a fashion acrobat. Like, I'm willing to try some shit. I'll wear some colors that you wouldn't really think go together. Or I'll wear, like, some yellow shoes or some weird shit. Because, you know, if I think it look good, I'm going to wear it. But like I tell him, you know, with me, I don't give a fuck what other people think. And I feel like that's, like, one of my fucking superpowers. Like, I don't give a shit. If I step out the house, nine times out of ten, people, oh, man, damn, Dola, I like your shoes. Oh, man, I like that hat. You know, that outfit, that shit fly. But if I got the opposite, I wouldn't give up because, you know, my confidence is in the fact that I feel like I look good because I thought it looked good when I put it on. Just because you don't think it looks good don't mean shit. But a lot of niggas, they, they insecurity is, oh, man, I got I to gotta have Gucci shoes. I got to have a Louis Vuitton belt. I got to have a Givenchy sweatshirt on. I got to have like the expensive shit because if I don't wear this, people won't like me. People won't think I'm stylish. Girls won't like me. And it ain't even about that type of shit. Like, you know, when you confident, you could wear a white t-shirt, some khakis and some white Adidas. And as far as you concerned, you look good. You know, because the the most stylish thing a motherfucker could wear, honestly, is confidence. You know, if if you wearing what you got on confidently, it's, it becomes stylish. You know, like I back in my day, nigga, I, I didn't even dress nice. I wear a fucking white tee, Chuck Taylors, and khakis every fucking day, literally every day, or some Reebok classics, or just some Nike Cortez or some shit, because I couldn't afford much. But the thing that I carried that made women still approach me and fuck with me was confidence. I'm like, bitch, fuck these clothes. I'm fly when I'm butt-ass naked, so don't even worry about the shit. Like, these clothes ain't shit. You know, like what they say, uh, clothes don't make the man, man make the clothes and shit like that. You know, I don't know how they say it, but it's true. Like, you know, your, your money don't make who you are. You know, like how they say, you know, make the money, don't let the money make you. You know, don't allow your financial situation to be what your confidence is in. Mm -hmm. 
just be you know because you you might have money today, but one mistake happened and you broke. Trying to jump off a bridge. Exactly. And what you 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 not gonna be confident no more? You not fly no more because your money ain't there. Like you know you you just gotta let your own personal confidence speak. You gotta be confident enough to know even if I make this mistake and this money gone, nigga, I'm still me. Right. I could get this back, and even if I don't got the money, I still got. My personality, I still got my morals, I still got my principles, I still got my sense of humor, I still got, I'm still the same person I am, whether I got a million dollars in the bank or I'm a million dollars in debt. Mm-hmm. You know, that's confidence. You know, insecurity is, man, I got this much money, I got this job, I got this position, I got this woman, I got these friends. Like, when niggas brag on shit like that, I immediately look at them as insecure. Because nothing that you bragging about is tangible when it comes to you as a person. Everything you talking about is superficial shit. Who you fuck with is superficial. Who you know is superficial. What you have is superficial. What belongs to you is superficial. Who you around is superficial. Where you at is superficial. Who are you? If you're not confident in who you are, you're not confident. Like me, I don't give a fuck about none of this shit, nigga, because I've had and lost this shit multiple times. I done been broke. I done been balling. I done been broke again after balling. But throughout that whole thing, the thing that was never shook was my confidence. Because even though I lost what I had, I knew that I could get it again. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like... Fuck the bullshit, nigga. I'm, I just believe in being confident, but I was also humble in those times when I had it because I knew I could lose it. Because I knew there were times when I didn't have it. And, you know, whether or not you feel you deserve something, whether you deserve it or not, is fucking irrelevant. You could still lose some shit that you deserve. You know, the, the best team don't always win the championship. You deserve to win, but that don't mean you're going to win. Like I always say, in life, you don't get what you deserve. You only get what you have the leverage to negotiate, you know, or the talent to acquire. Like, it's not about what you deserve all the time. You know, we, we all deserve to be loved. We all deserve to have money. We all deserve fucking health care. That don't mean we going to have it. Mm. You know, we all deserve rights. It's a bunch of shit we deserve, but that don't mean we going to get it. That's not how life works. Life ain't on what you deserve. Life is on what you're willing to go get, you know. So I just believe in being confident in your ability to go get it and humble enough to understand that you're going to have to work for no matter what the fuck it is. Because a lot of times overconfidence tells you I deserve to get it, so I'm just going to have it. You know, I should beat them, so I'm going to beat them because I just feel like I deserve to beat them. You know, a lot of motherfuckers come feeling like they entitled to the championship. Like, you know, like you'll watch the the Warriors play against the fucking Kings. And sometimes, like, they'll say, like, we beat ourselves. We went in there overconfident. We, we took them for granted. Mm-hmm. We looked past our opponent because you go in there thinking that you deserve to win. So victory just going to happen. Victory don't just happen, my nigga. Like a, 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 a saying that they always say in sports. That's why they play the game. You know, because no matter how good one team is and how bad another team is, 
upsets happen all the time, my nigga. If, if you follow college basketball, the bracket busters, nigga, it, the, the shit would be easy if the best team always won. The shit would be easy if the team that was supposed to win always won. But that's not how life works. You know, and that's why you got to have the the humility to understand that no matter how overmatched you are, no matter how much you feel like you should get something or you deserve something or something should happen in your favor, it, it, it ain't always so, especially if you take something for granted and you don't do everything that you're supposed to do to get that shit done. You know, and it's like um, no matter what your level of introversion or extroversion, you must find balance. You know, a lot of what I'm talking about is all in balance. You know, you got to realize, like I said, two things can occupy the same space. Being an introvert and an extrovert as well. You know, me and B talk about this shit a lot. Mm. We we not good marketers. <laughs> <laughs> we not that good at talking to strangers Like we like to stay to the niggas we know Like I, I like to talk to niggas who I'm comfortable with Who I'm familiar with You know but In life you gotta have that balance As much as I like to only fuck with my circle I know I gotta talk to strangers sometimes mm-hmm. You know And that also comes with confidence You know Motherfuckers be confident in different areas like, I'm confident in my ability to speak into this microphone in front of B, me, just me and this nigga in this motherfucking studio just chilling, shooting this shit. It's a whole different situation when it's a thousand people looking at me. Hey, too much game, do that. Nigga, I might have a whole different look on my face, nigga. I might be pouring, sweating some more shit. But it's like, you know, you, you got to... Be able to have that balance of, you know, being introverted and extroverted, man. Like, you know, I, I got to realize sometime, man, I, I, I got to do some shit that I'm not comfortable with. But I have to be confident enough to know that I could do that shit. You know, and that's something that I tell people that's like introverts like myself. Because we went to the the podcast pit event, uh, what, last week or the week before, you know, he was like, yeah, man, you 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 good at talking to people. Right. Not really. I was, I'm just good at talking to certain people. Got it. You know, I'm, I'm comfortable when I'm talking <laughs> to certain people. But other motherfuckers, like when we did that day party, wasn't as confident. Whole different shit. You still did, you still, still did great, though. Yeah, but, you know, that's just because, you know, me and the way that I work my mind, I just be psyching myself up like, nigga, fuck it. You can do anything. You know, that's just some shit that, like, when I was driving on the way there, and this is something that I tell motherfuckers, uh, not on this show, but just something that I, I, I'm, I'm going to have to start talking, you know, mentioning more. Affirmations. Sometimes mm-hmm. I just sit there and, and tell myself, you can do anything. You can do this shit. You've right. done well before, and you're going to do great now. You've done well before and you're going to do great now. Even if I feel like I'm going to do shitty, I'm not finna talk myself out of shit, you know, because like I'm saying about confidence and humility, you know, the, the humility could work against you when you feel like you can't do something, when you feel like somebody is better than you or something is too big for you. But, you know, your, your confidence has to overpower that in a lot of situations, you know, so you got to basically 
self-reflect and tell yourself, all right, this is this is humility getting in the way or this is confidence getting in the way. I'm, I'm being too humble or I'm being overconfident, you know, because a lot of times, like I remember back when I used to hoop, I would be like, we're going to have to take these niggas serious. I know they haven't won a game and we undefeated, but we going to have to ball out because – it stranger things have happened. I say that shit a lot too. Like, just cause them niggas ain't won a game yet, they might come in this motherfucker with the the mind frame of punching us in the fucking mouth. Something to prove. Yeah, and we come in there like <laughs> we finna beat the shit out these niggas. And then we looking up at the scoreboard, like, how the fuck are we losing by five? We only got two minutes left. Like, it's happened, my nigga. Like when you watch the, the Cinderella stories on March Madness, nigga. Because March Madness is coming up. A lot of these Cinderella teams beat the best team. Like, remember, you know, and I'm so glad I could use this reference. It feels good. Remember when the Warriors beat the, the number one seed, Dallas Mavericks, when Dirk won the MVP? <laughs> <laughs> that nigga cut my mic off <laughs> Yeah I but, remember that yeah Yeah but you know again You go into a situation way overconfident Like nigga we the number one seed These niggas are eighth seed And I got dogged the fuck out Nigga shit When the fucking the Cavaliers beat the Warriors They, they had that 3-1 lead And you come in that motherfucker With your chest poked out like a team has never come back from a 3-1 lead. Just like when, when it happened with Dallas. A eighth seed has never beat a number one seed. It's never happened. And you go in there like, eh, yeah, exactly. Never happened. It's not going to happen this time either. And you go in that motherfucker get punched in your fucking mouth. You know, so to, to put the bow on this motherfucking shit, man. Always remember that in order to be great, you got to be confident. You know, but... It has to have a balance with humility. No matter how confident you are, my nigga, you got to have the humility in knowing that, you know, you can lose. You know, confidence knows you could do it. Humility says you have to work to improve. Confidence tells you you're the best. Humility tells you you can be better. Confidence says you're going to win. Humility says go hard because victory not guaranteed. So remember, you got to be balanced to be great. And I'm going to drop the mic on that shit. This has been your host, Young Dolomite, of the Too Much Game Podcast. Sitting here with the super producer, Ben Ready. Yes, sir. If you would like to support us financially, it's patreon.com slash townhouse media. Town E, house media. Support all the townhouse media podcasts. Seriously, not another podcast. Friday nights at 9. They coming back Friday the 13th. Ben Ready and motherfucking AC. God damn it's been too long uh no rules podcast wednesday evenings 5 p.m hump days and never be the same and of course oh yeah uh talk flirty podcast talk flirty tuesdays tuesdays at 6 p.m great fucking show um uh, seriously not oh, Damn I'm tripping like a motherfucker Cat vs dog podcast There you go Yeah Cat vs dog Sundays 3pm Me and CJ arguing like a motherfucker And of course The Too Much Game podcast Live at 5 on Sundays Y'all already know how I give it up Um Man y'all check out the fucking Cat vs dog podcast Tomorrow night 
7.30 p.m. at the Podcast Pit LA. Um, it's going to be at the Down and Out Bar. The details of that shit is all over my social media profiles. Um, so follow me on social media at Young Dolomite, Y-U-N-G-D-O-L-E-M-I-T-E underscore. On Instagram, don't forget the underscore. Twitter, no underscore. Um, follow me on YouTube, YouTube, the Too Much Game podcast. Like, comment, and subscribe. If you listen on Apple Music or what's that, Apple Podcast, um, man, leave a, a rating and a review. You know, let me know how I'm doing this shit. You know, I have, I ain't got no iPhone, but I had somebody tell me what you said and shit. <laughs> um, email me at young uh no too much game podcast at gmail.com if you want to email me about any topics and um i think that might be it you got any closing words b man don't leave room for error baby a fucking all-time classic nigga that's that's gonna be this nigga's version of uh thank you (laughs) good god bless you and good night and shit that's it man y'all already know my shit man i ain't here to help you get bitches i'm here to help you get better too much game Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.